Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages six and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as math, how smart is that, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes such as the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. Tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, your host, Christine Coe, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you will come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Hello, friends. Just as I was preparing this episode, a memory of my co-host on the broadcast, Sarah Powers, popped up from two years ago. And wow, that visual just made me pause and feel a moment of immense gratitude. Sarah is the co-host of the Mom Hour podcast, and she is just a delightful, radiant, and wonderful human being. On the professional front, Sarah and her podcasting co-host, Megan Francis, have always been a huge source of inspiration to me. They are podcasting trailblazers, and they have always been incredibly generous with their experiences and their knowledge and their insights. So if you don't already have the Mom Hour in your podcast playlist, definitely go and subscribe. They have many kids between them across a very wide age range and they cover all manner of topics. You will not be disappointed. Their archive is also massive. So if you have been hungry for things to listen to, there's no shortage of material there. On a personal front, Sarah is one of those people who, when you are talking to her, she is just completely focused on you with her care and compassion and wit. She's present, She is funny and smart, and my only regret is that I wish she did not live all the way across the country in California, because otherwise, I think I would just want to be hanging out with her all the time. She's always a source of delight in my texts and DMs in the meanwhile. In this conversation, Sarah and I talk about everything from to-do lists to prioritizing, boundaries, side hustles versus passion projects, outsourcing, energy patterns juggling kids during the summer, and more. Hearing her voice just made me happy, and I hope you enjoy this conversation as well. And also, it's worth noting that while Sarah and I are talking about work-from-home productivity tips, there is one important thing that she mentioned, which is that distinction between side hustles and passion projects and how very important it is to allocate the same care and space for passion projects that might not be making money 
as you would for whatever working from home you're doing, side hustle or otherwise. And on that note, I wanted to point you to a great companion episode to listen to after this one, and that is Cultivating Hobbies and Interests. This was a recent episode that was the result of me having a conversation about this very topic of passion projects and hobbies that you might just wish to pursue with no financial skin in the game. And it was such a great conversation. And when I asked people to share about what they were interested in, I received like 200 responses and ended up needing to build a spreadsheet so I could tally it all. It was pretty exciting. So sit back, enjoy this conversation with Sarah Powers. We'll be right back. People often talk about the impact of things like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrition on skin, but did you know those things impact your hair too? If you've been dealing with hair thinning, you are not alone, and Nutrafol is here to help. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. I appreciate that they offer formulas tailored to different life stages, such as postpartum and menopause, as well as different lifestyles, such as plant-based diets. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol Women's Hair Growth Supplement for six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering Edit Your Life listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code EDIT. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. That's Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, and use promo code EDIT. That's Nutrafol.com, using promo code EDIT. Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Sarah Powers. Hello, Christine Coe. I'm so excited to be here. I'm going to kick this off here yes. with... Um, all right. Well, let's let's just say that our listeners have heard me talk a lot about to-do lists. I talk about them a lot. But mm-hmm. what I wanted to share today is actually a, you know, a relatively new tactic that I've developed that has helped me really deal with the reality that when I open my to-do list app every day, like every weekday, there's usually like 60 to 80 items on it, which is sounds a little terrifying. That and it can be crazy. Are yeah. you still using Wonderlist? I'm just no, I'm using I'm interrupting. No, to no. Doist. Okay. Yes. Years ago, I think I heard you talk about Wonderlist. You we and I talked about but... it a lot. And then they shuddered and I they were shuddering. And in a okay. panic, I like was like, okay, I need something else to use. So I love it. And I pay for like a like an upgraded subscription so I can get more functionality. But the thing that um has been really, really helpful is that I actually in the morning I'll go through and scan the list. 
Mm-hmm. And I will t- time lock priority items. Like, so first I'll make sure I have my meetings plugged into my to-do list, you know, with the time on them. Um, because that way I only have to refer to one window. I don't have to kind of keep going yeah. back to my calendar and re- trying to remember stuff. And then, um, I'll also time lock high priority and time sensitive items. Like, so stuff that I really must get done that day, um, because it kind of helps me organize my workflow for the day. Mm-hmm. And then I make sure I'm not missing anything time sensitive. And it has just been kind of like a really, really small tweak, but really, really game changing for me. I love that. I, I really love the idea of putting a meeting on your to-do list because then you can check it off just because you went. There's something no, right? really Isn't that amazing? That. Like, because sometimes I'm sure you're the same. Like sometimes a meeting can feel like it's just taking you away from the things you actually want to get done. I know. So by by moving it over to the to-do list, you get to go ding and check it off. Just it's very, very satisfying. shown up. Um <laughs> I really, I really love that. And I think, um, I think my first tip actually is going to dovetail a little bit with that because it's also about prioritizing, but now my wheels are, my wheels are spinning. I want to check out your system a little bit more. Um, I'll send you a screenshot. Yeah. No. I, I need, I need a visual. I need a visual. Um, okay. So should I do my first? Yeah. Tip? I would love okay. to hear what your first idea is. So I was thinking back and I, I bet you have some listeners in this phase to when I was working very part-time, but with no childcare. So I was working at different, different times, different number of hours, but like in the seven to 15 hours a week, by no means full-time, but I also had no childcare. So I was working around snippets of time that mostly involved somebody napping. Um, And anybody who's tried to work when a baby or toddler naps knows there's like that unpredictability. You get this surge of like, okay, the baby's down. I've got these million things to do and that I want to do and that I have to do. And what would happen to me is I'd crack open a laptop and that warm glow would kind of suck me in. And it wasn't that I was, you know, like watching cat videos or I'm, I'm by nature, I'm very productive. So I, I would often use that hour and a half and be very productive, but sometimes I'd hear the baby on the monitor and I'd think, oh my gosh, I didn't do the two things that I had to do today. I did 45 other productive things, but I, so anyway, back to what you're saying about priorities. And so my tip was I would always write down physically analog style on a little post-it or just a corner of a notebook, the one or two or three things I had to do. And I would do that, just take a moment to myself before I opened a screen. And there's something about cracking open a laptop or swiping open your phone that we know how distracted we get. Even if the distraction is relatively healthy and productive, it still is so easy to go chasing shiny objects and squirrels. So my, my tip, I guess, is to get a real short list, really, really short. If you're working in short bursts of time, get that short list of what you have to do um, before you fire up a device. I think that is so super smart. I love the idea of really putting it, you know, just on a post-it to make it, you know, to make it real. And I also like when you were describing, you know, that the nap time, like work hustle, I I think I started to sweat a little because I, I remember. And then, and my kids were not great nappers. Like I, I had friends who were like, Oh yeah, my kid will nap for like three hours. I'm like 45 minutes. I get one yeah. cycle. That's it. Like, yeah. It's yeah. It's really stressful. It is. It is. And, and a busted nap could just set you back. So I think by, by prioritizing and, and the post-it was like, probably those things were on a more organized to-do list somewhere, but that to-do list was longer and more robust. And I needed like in front of my eyeballs, before you move on to do anything else, do this thing. And sometimes it might not have even been work. It might have been to respond to a birthday party invitation or it's like whatever the time sensitive thing I need to do today, do it first. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I I can't agree more. 
All right. Well, my um, next tip is one that I'm sure a lot of people will be very familiar with, struggle, and it is to establish boundaries, like Mm -hmm. crystal clear ones. And, you know, I... It's it's interesting because over the years, my work at home kind of space has um, evolved as we've moved and moved again. Um, and so one of the most challenging things for anybody, I think, working out of home is boundaries. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate right now. I have an office with a door that closes. However, the person who designed our home was kind of an idiot. <laughs> and so this bedroom <laughs> is, is officially a bedroom. Like um, it has a closet okay. and everything. But it's a walkthrough, so you need, in order to get upstairs, (laughs) you people need to walk through it. Um, And the girls' bedrooms are upstairs, so it's just the most ridiculous thing. But um, so we've talked a lot about boundaries around here, and it's actually kind of funny because um, I know you've seen this, and I actually just reposted it on Instagram today. But my then like seven year old Violet, she she was like, oh, OK, we need a better system. I'm like, OK, whose whose brain are you? And she made a little sign with a pocket and it says something like, are you recording or not? And then there's a little card that you flip. And on one side it says yes. And on the other side, you say no, oh, it says I no. It. And it's it's amazing. And yes, I do get in trouble if I forget to flip the sign back to the right well, direction. I mean, you got to stick to the system, Christine. (laughs) It's there for a reason. Exactly. (laughs) That is adorable. I know Megan had a sign one time that said, mom's recording, do not come in. And then below that, it said, also do not read this sign out loud because her kids (laughs) would be out there saying, mom's recording, do not. Oh, okay. Don't read this sign out loud. It's it's challenging though. I don't, do you have an office that you work out out, out from? I do not. I do not. I work at my kitchen table Um, I often, well, we're going to go into summer and I know we're going to talk about that a little bit, but summer boundaries are, are hard at my stage of life. I guess Mm -hmm. for me, the boundaries are a little less physical and more, um, more, more something I work out with my partner, with my husband. Um, like I need this protected time. How can we give each other what we need over this weekend or, and the kids are getting to where they can, they can respect those boundaries too, but I do not have a physical space Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. So I know it's challenging. It's challenging. All right. Um, So my, I'm stepping back and this, my next tip is a little more philosophical. My first one was very practical. And that is, um, I assume your listeners who are hustling from home are doing it for all different reasons. Um, Everything from financial economic reasons to it fills their soul to somewhere in between, or they're not sure why. My tip is to be really honest with yourself and your partner about why you're doing this home hustle. Um, I think something that comes up a lot for moms is if your side hustle or your work from home gig is not majorly contributing to the family's income or bottom line, I think we can um, I think we can feel conflicted about that and kind of end up self-sabotaging a little bit. So an example mm. would be. I don't feel like I can justify hiring a sitter to get my work done because my business isn't really making a whole bunch of money yet. So then I don't get a sitter. I don't get my work done. I don't pay attention to my kids. I'm mad at my husband. I'm feeling bitter like I didn't get the time I needed. Do you see where I'm going with this? Yes. So trying to um, trying to be all things to all people, which is something that some of us struggle with. Um, but I guess the tip itself is to be really honest with yourself and to allow it to be okay 
if this is a hustle that you're doing right now because it feeds your soul and not because it's bringing in income. And if that's a conversation to get really clear with your partner and say, this is a priority for me and for our family, and maybe it's not because it's paying the bills this year, but what does that look like a few years from now? Or what, what else can we do to make this possible? Cause it's important to me. So I think, um, I think being clear yourself about why you're hustling and then having that conversation with the people around you so that you can carve out the time that you need and not feel like it has to have a dollar sign attached to it. Sarah, I am so glad that you brought this up because, you know, I think especially perhaps in this kind of internet, you know, immediate gratification age, I feel like everybody wants to know how to make the super lucrative thing like immediately, you know, and it, and it's crazy. And it's not, I mean, the term sweat equity exists for a reason. And anytime you're going to build something, you know, something you're passionate about, something of value, it takes time. And Mm -hmm. I think it's very difficult, you know, in the current um, scenario that we're living in to remember that. I I have to say, I was about to mention like Beyonce and her documentary and the fact that she practiced for like eight months, but then like, oh, Beyonce's fine. She has enough money. (laughs) She's good. I think she's good. Her hustle is uh, is rolling. It's it's (laughs) under control. Um, I also want to add that Sometimes I think it's okay for a passion project or a creative hobby to be just that. I know Megan and I have talked on our show about how now there's this need for every yes. every pursuit that you do to be big and make money. Yes. Um, and if there are listeners listening who are in a stay-at-home mom phase of life, and I always say that because it's nothing ever is like that way forever. But if right now you have no hustle or no outside the home profession, and yet you have a creative pursuit that you want to devote five to 10 hours a week to, that can be a priority as well without it being a hustle or contributing to the bottom line, in my opinion. So just absolutely. Absolutely. It's interesting. I recently had a conversation with somebody on Instagram about this because as you know, I like making cake and, and, and it's a real passion thing. And every time I post a cake, people are like, you got to start a business. I'm like, no, I have enough businesses and yeah. like, and I just want this to be fun. And yes. like, and also I'm just not, I'm organized in a lot of things, but when I'm with a lot of the things that I do, but with cake, I'm always like making things up as I go. So it takes yeah. me forever. So it would not be a lucrative business by any means, but you know, it, it was interesting. Somebody brought up that very point. Like, why do we always feel like we need to turn something, you know, creative and interesting into like a big money-making venture? And I'm, so I'm glad, really glad you brought that up. I I agree. I agree. And I think for those who identify as stay-at-home moms, there's this pressure to, if I'm doing something for myself, that's just for me and my creativity, I better make it worth it somehow. I better justify that sitter by turning this into an Etsy shop when really it doesn't, it doesn't have to be if it, if it, you know, so. How liberating. All right. Well, we have, we have more to discuss and we will come back to this conversation after a quick break. Especially in this digital age, since we're well beyond handwritten journals and letters to convey history, the preservation of stories is so important, especially from the moms and mom figures in our lives. And if you've been looking for a way to collect those stories but aren't sure how to start, I have a recommendation for you. StoryWorth makes it easy. Every week, they email a loved one of your choosing a question prompt that you pick. For example, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? And... What aspects of having children didn't turn out the way you expected? Your loved one responds to that email with a story of any length. You will receive copies of these emails as they are submitted, and after one year, StoryWorth compiles the stories and any photos provided into a keepsake book. 
A friend recently shared how moving it was that her mom gifted copies of her StoryWorth album to immediate family members, a genius idea for expanding the preservation and sharing of those stories to people in different households and generations. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years, StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com edit. That's storyworth.com edit to save $10 on your first purchase. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you struggle with boundaries and the general complexities of peopling? Relationships are necessary to our well-being and some relationships are just, well, complicated. A good chunk of the work I have done in therapy centers on relationships, how to own my part of the story, how to let go of relationships that are toxic, and how to navigate challenging relationships in a way that doesn't drain me. And all of this work helps me show up better for myself and also as a partner, mom, friend, family member, and business owner. If you're thinking of starting therapy, check out BetterHelp. This online therapy platform was designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com edit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot edit. Okay, friends, we are back with Sarah Powers and we are talking about home hustle, although like all manner of things. This is a very like deep. I know I, both- I took us off off outline. I no. should have warned you. I should come with a warning label. It's fabulous. <laughs> it's like it, we're, I feel like we're getting the best of all worlds because it's like both tactical and then also like deep and philosophical. Um, but I'm going to start off uh, this next part of our conversation with something that's a little tactical. And it's related to outsourcing. But again, like my to-do list tweak, there's a little bit of a twist to it. So I know everybody talks about the importance of outsourcing, and it is super, super important. But I wanted to just add a little bit of an important point to this. So just to back up, years ago, when I first thought about hiring an assistant, um, and really, I I don't want to sound like a total arse for saying this, but I basically wanted a clone of myself, like somebody. No, I who, totally get that. Yeah, yeah, somebody who could just do all the things that I wanted and I needed them to do. I figured, hey, I can do all these things, so obviously I should be able to find somebody who can do that. Right. And I just wanted one person, mostly because first I was just terrified about hiring people in general, mm-hmm. and then second, it just seemed logistically easier. Right. <laughs> um, but one thing I realized along the way is that it's kind of. I don't know. You're kind of like setting yourself up for a little bit of disaster and it can be unfair to expect one person to fulfill all the roles you need, especially if they don't particularly tell you that they can do that. Right. So, yeah. So I have found it really, really more effective to hire people according to their specific strengths. And Mm -hmm. so I'll just share, you know, the three examples that I have just because I know people like to drill down and have real examples, but um, I currently have three assistants who work for me with a fact that Laurel just like, she loves that. I have to say, <laughs> um, my, it sounds my oldest, pretty, it sounds pretty amazing. It sounds kind of like luxurious. Right. But anyway, it's, it's for very specific reasons. Um, one of them is a great writer. My second assistant is really, really fantastic with research and really tactical stuff. So she's kind of like my second set of copy editing eyes. Like mm-hmm. she'll even pick up mistakes that I don't think I've made and that I've made, which is mm-hmm. exactly what I need. We in all my life. need that. Yes. Yeah, so she'll like set up newsletters, she'll do blog post research. Um I'm all I'm now like tasking her to do a bunch of other stuff. It's just amazing. 
And then I have a third assistant and all she does is Pinterest. Like that is, that is her specialty. (laughs) And like my site, Boston Mamas is like very Pinterest. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of Pinterest friendly content. And for a while I was just not really doing that the way it needed to be done. And I realized I don't have the time to do it the way it needs to be done, nor do I have the expertise. So I'm just going to hire somebody. And so it's been so powerful to just Mm -hmm. hire somebody. It just makes for a happier working relationship and just is much more efficient. I don't know if this if this story plays in your head, but sometimes I tell myself the story that I could do it. If I could just have more time, I could do it exactly the best possible way. And so that that traps me from from outsourcing or delegating yeah. because I think the solution is somehow more time. If I just got better at making my social media calendar, if I just got better and what what you're saying, it actually allows one individual person to be better at that one thing than mm-hmm. I could ever be, which mm-hmm. is a little humbling, right? You have to admit like, oh, I am not a Pinterest expert. I couldn't do that even if I had all of the hours in the world. I wouldn't want to and it wouldn't be what I want to do. So I love that specialization is so much more effective. And then, of course, it frees you up, which is the whole point. I love it. Yeah. And it's hard. I think as people like you and I, who are, are really like get stuff done people, it, as you said, it can be very humbling. Like, so when I, you know, normally I love to know exactly how to do whatever it is that people mm-hmm. I'm hiring can do, mm-hmm. but, me too. Uh, you know, with the case of podcast editing, I know very, like the very, very basics. Like I was all proud of myself for like splicing two tracks together a little while ago, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's obviously a lot more complex. And I finally was like, I have to let this go. And then also yeah. if I need a backup plan, I need to just find a backup person. I, that's not something I should like just jump in and do. And that's a really important and freeing, you know, part of building stuff, especially if you're the creative person, you know, who should be executing on ideas, not on, on like tactical stuff. And if you are building an empire, if you really are building a business that has multiple team members, that's like, I think the ultimate sign of leadership. I have an awesome friend who runs now what's now a very large business. And sometimes I'll go to her and ask her. And she always says, I don't know, because somebody else does that. And I'm like, that is amazing. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I said, no, don't be sorry. That that's a sign that this thing has been built. So I think that's really inspirational. Yes. Inspirational to hear. Hmm. Well, that's good. (laughs) Um, Okay. So my next tip, and this is more again on the practical side, look for, look at your day and your natural energy patterns and forget traditional advice about multitasking or productivity, but look for natural to you opportunities for efficiency. And even if they kind of defy the conventional wisdom. So I'll give a couple of examples. I mean, if you were to read up on people who are great at the hustle, you would read, you're going to get up early. You're going to meditate before everyone gets up. (laughs) <laughs> You're going to get ready for the day and dress in professional clothes, even if you work from home. Like, so there's, and, and all of these things come from research and they're probably good advice, but I guess my advice is to not worry so much about those things if they don't apply to you. And one example I have, and it's so funny because I'm looking at this right now from my kitchen table is I will leave my kitchen full of breakfast dishes and a pretty much a big mess um, for most of my workday because I have a natural opportunity when the kids come home from school to do a complete kitchen cleanup. They're unloading their lunches anyway. We're talking about the day. Mm-hmm. It's a really pleasant social time with my kids. And it's no more added work for me to knock out the breakfast dishes from that morning and, and other just stuff that's lingering on the counter when we're together at that time. Whereas it might take me 45 minutes to do that during my protected, quiet workday, of which I only have 
five to six hours. So I guess the, the idea is to look for pockets of efficiency in your day where you can do a couple of things at once um, that might not come from conventional wisdom. I think that is like such a fantastic example. And well, just in general, a fantastic idea and a great example. And also I wanted to add that as you enter like the tween and teen zone, the other Mm -hmm. reason that specific example you share can be so great is like when you're asking a tween or a teen about their day and what's going on, they don't want to look you in the eyes. Like they don't Mm, want that awkward. So like the idea that you're just kind of in parallel and you're doing the dishes and they're putting your stuff away. That's actually kind of like a great scenario for them. So I just I love that. I think this is like a pro tip on so many levels. It's amazing. Oh, well, thank <laughs> you. You know, I thought when I so this is the first year for listeners who don't know, this is the first year I have all three of my kids in school full time and they're all at the same school, which means like oh drop offs and pick up. It's, yeah, it's it's glorious. It's amazing. And so I've really ramped up my work hours and I thought I'm going to be this work at home person and I am going to do the thing where you pop a load of laundry in, you know, in between meetings and like kind of keep up with the house while I work. And I really just thought that would be my style. Go to the grocery store, you know, on a Tuesday to beat the crowds. And what I found is I, I really want and need the time to work. And so I still actually go to the grocery store with my kids when I yeah. could now for the first time in, you know, 11 years, I could go to the grocery store without kids. I have the flexibility. I don't, I don't really do laundry in the middle of working. I really use my protected work time to work, but I didn't know that about myself. So I guess Mm -hmm. if there's a nugget, it's just that you have to kind of watch your energy patterns and figure out what works for you. And it might not be what works for the hustler next door. Yes. I think that is, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I wanted to just touch on summer because, um, summer is a challenge. I know for, it's a challenge for a lot of people. Um, and it's a challenge for me in particular because I both like want the ease and rela- relaxation of summer. And I love that idea, but I work full time. I probably work more than full time. Um, so we do some camps for Violet, uh, but there are other days when, you know, the kids are just kicking around. And one thing that I've found has been really, really helpful. It just is to start the summer day with like morning meeting. And we kind of got love this that. idea from preschool. <laughs> Um, and it's not super hardcore, but we'll literally, and actually here's again, where my children take after me, they'll like get a piece of paper and make a checkbox list, which is kind of awesome. So much, including like, you know, breakfast and brush your teeth. But you know, the main thing goal for me, for them is they need to do one thing for their brain, one thing for their body and one thing for the house each day. And then that's also the time when just in broad strokes, I'll say, okay, well, I have a meeting at this time. So, um, that, that is when I need to not be disturbed. Um, and you know, that's when you figure out what to do with yourself. Um, and just kind of just give them a general map because I think we kind of forget like kids do need a little bit of direction and structure and they're obviously they're not mind readers. And so just like a quick five minute summer morning meeting, like just has really helped us a lot to orient ourselves, you know, during this unusual time of, I don't know where everything's just all over the place. I love that so much. I'm going to start it this summer. I'm just taking my, my, I'm following your lead. Um, I love it. It also really models for your kids that work and play and balance is not this thing that we have to like fight or stress over. It's just part of like being a human with a job and a family in a summer. And it's a very matter of fact, I think it's a great way to model for your kids. Like, here's what's up for today. Like I do that kind of naturally, but I want to institute it in a more just kind of like, yeah, quick morning meeting kind of way. I'm going to go into calendaring a little bit. And this is delicate because I assume all you hustlers out there, you already have 
your calendar system. And I'm not out to change anybody's, but here's what I want to say. Whether you are digital or paper or a combination, um, I don't think any calendaring system works if you're not, if you don't make time to be in it. And I really mean sit with it and look at it or have a little quick powwow with your partner about it. And for me, that also means physically marking it up. So Mm. I will just briefly share that for years, what has worked for me is I'm fully digital. If you pulled, if you opened up my Google calendar, it's all there. The personal stuff, the vacations, the work stuff, the meetings. However, once a week on Sundays, I print a week at a glance view of my digital calendar. I fold it in half and it comes around with me with my old school moleskin analog notebook. And that is like my map for the week. I mark it up with pen as things change. If a meeting gets canceled, I cross it out. I'll write in our meal plan right on there. I'll write in little things that come up that I want to do. And there's something about that tangible. And kind of going back to my first tip about when I open a screen, I can get real easily distracted. Whereas if I'm holding my notebook and my piece of paper calendar in front of me, I can kind of spend the five minutes or the 10 minutes with it and just be with it. So I guess my tip is whether you're digital or paper, make time to be with your calendar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sounds very strange, but um, to look at it and to just, just look for the opportunities, look for what you want to do differently next week, look ahead a couple of weeks. And I think summer in particular is uh, even more key. So yes, be with your calendar. Be with it. Yeah. I think that's great. And I, I, I think I got to try, like, I like the idea of printing out, you know, the version I feel so wed to my, you know, my apps on my phone with like yeah. calendars and to-do lists. So I, but I do love the idea of just having it like in my pocket. It's just, and it's I don't know. still, it's still there digitally and it still is the most accurate reflection. So if things change a whole bunch, I'm always going to rely on the digital. That's the, that's the source. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, and another side benefit for me, cause I do have relatively young kids around is my kids will often see me at the kitchen table with a notebook and a pen and a piece of paper. And I like that. It's not always me staring into a screen. I'm still working. I'm still looking at my to-do list and my calendar, mm-hmm. but it's not, I can do it without the screens, which I just like because they, they, they're not always seeing me on my phone. Yep. I, I, I agree. All right. Well, Sarah, I feel like we could talk for a million more hours, but it is time to wrap up. And I would love for you to share your next edit, a super practical tip that listeners can consider doing right after they finish listening to this conversation. Mine is kind of related to my last tip. And that is just as an experiment, take something you've been dealing with only digitally and make it physical or tangible in some way. So this could work. You can try my trick of printing out your calendar and marking it up. You could print out your digital to-do list and mark that up with a pen. Or maybe it's like a slide deck you're working on or a spreadsheet that you hate. Take something that lives digitally and print it out and hold it in your hand and mark it up and just see what that does to your brain. I find it's really helpful when I'm feeling overwhelmed um, and it often helps me be more creative. And I think this is great for our kids too, because our kids, especially young kids, aren't looking at devices so much yet. So having a calendar hanging on the wall, making something, and, and, and this is coming from someone who's very digital. I run my life and my business extremely digitally, but I have certain things that I like to hold in my hand and mark up with a pen. And so if there's something that you're feeling overwhelmed or cluttered digitally with, I, that's my next edit is just experiment what that would be like to somehow make it physical. I love it. Actually, we'll link it in the show notes, but one of our listeners sent me a link to this amazing 
seasonal calendar where it's one 18 by 24, like kind of long poster, but it shows from Memorial Day to Labor Day continuously without flipping the pages. Yeah. And they tagged me and they were like, this seems like something Sarah would like. I'm like, yes, you're right. You know me. Well, I know. And I've talked about it on on the show before, but, you know, we actually do like the big poster board calendar. We hand draw it, but like it is so it's awesome. It just, you know, I no longer have to be the gatekeeper for all family events. And it is my favorite thing in the world. Um, Sarah, this was such a delight. You know, thank you for joining us. This was awesome. Thank you for having me. Friends, wasn't that conversation wonderful? I hope you gleaned all manner of ideas for how to make tweaks to make your work from home or passion project practice work for you. You'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources and related episodes at edityourlifeshow.com. As ever, I would love to hear your thoughts and questions. Come say hello on Instagram or Facebook at edityourlifeshow or send an email to edityourlifeshow at gmail.com. I would also be grateful if you would drop Edit Your Life, review on Apple Podcasts, or tell a pod-loving friend about the show. Thanks for listening. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.